Welcome to episode 124 of This Week in Marketing, also known as The Trim Show. This is your host, Shazid Islam, and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates from the digital marketing world from the week of August 29, 2022 through September 2, 2022. First up, we have some quick updates. Uh, these are updates that we are not going to go in depth, but these are some things I felt like you know you should know about. Number one, uh, Meta has provided new insights into how its video distribution algorithms work. Again, if we are going to go ahead and put the uh, link to that guide in the show notes, so if you are really interested to finding out how this video distribution algorithm works, go ahead and check it out. Uh, I just feel like you know there isn't really any much value for you to know this. Uh, next is Meta has invited applications for the third phase of his community accelerator program. Uh, the third update is Instagram has shared best practices for recommended content. Check it out. Uh, the links are going to be in the show notes. Uh, Twitter has shares new insight in the value of utilizing ad format combination into into your tweet marketing. Uh, again, what this basically means, uh, they're giving you Twitter is giving you data points on you know why you should a different uh, ad format uh, and call to actions things like that in your tweet marketing. Um, Google has updated privacy threshold for analytic search queries report. Uh, this is something primarily in to address the fact that, you know, uh, people's numbers were not matching up when they look at it in GA4, Universal Analytics and Google Ads. Uh, and basically Google is saying, hey, we are going to bump up the privacy thresholds. This is to protect, um, you know, individual users. And the way we are going to do this is we are going to uh, take away a lot more of the search query uh Queries, search queries in the Google Universal Analytics. By the way, Universal Analytics is going away as of June 2023. Uh, July 1st is the last day. July 1st, 2023 is the last day. So not much really for you to do. Uh, again, this is one of the reasons I'm not covering it in depth. Uh, lastly, Danny Sullivan at Google has tweeted and reconfirmed that, you know, um, helpful content update, which is helpful content algorithm. We talked about the last two weeks, uh, episode 120-22, episode 120-23 uh, is a work in progress. A lot of people were complaining, hey, why don't we see a lot of things, a lot of activity there, and it's just rolling out, it's rolling on, it's still there. It's just, it's a, you know, it's never ending work in progress because as we find content, we're going to ding it. If we don't find anything, we're not going to ding it. Uh, nothing to worry about. Just make sure you publish and write good quality content if you're uh, playing the SEO game. With that, let's jump into this week's updates. Uh, Twitter has uh, announced that Twitter Circles option is available to all users. What these circles are, a circle is like groups. Uh, you can create a mini group or a circle and you can just say, my tweet is going to these people. That's all there is. Nothing really fancy, uh, but it just gives you uh, keep away those uh, trolls at bay and not have the whole world see your tweet. So if you have some tweet that is in your mind, but you don't want to attract uh, attention, you don't want other people to see it, other people to comment on it, you could create a semi-private uh, tweet. I think that's what I would say as a semi-private uh tweet next up we have um, microsoft microsoft has re-extended our rsm migration to february 2023 uh, what is rsa rsa is actually uh, responsive search ads it's replacing uh, extended text ads uh, again my, this is i think uh 
This is the third time Microsoft is extending the deadline. Uh, first was June of this year, 2022. Again, my dates are not correct. Um, just And then it was in the end of this year, and now Microsoft is extending to 2023. Google has already, uh, you know, uh, switched over from extended text ads to RSA. By default, there is no more extended text ads uh, in Google Ads. Microsoft is still, I guess, figuring it out. Uh, there probably must be, if you ask me, I think there is some uh, internal issues with algorithms and not working the way it's supposed to work and things like that. Uh, that's all you need to know uh, about Microsoft RSA. Uh, again, RSA, basically the way it plays is that it takes a headline, description, mix and matches based on the query and you really do not have much control with extended text ads you have some more greater control. You know, I used to like the fact that, you know, ETAs, extended text ads could be used to find that winning combination and then put them into RSA, but, you know, it's going away. Uh, so it is going away. We just have to make the best of what we have. Next up is Google wants you to add uh, product information to your business profiles and Google has really made it easy for you, right? Uh, the, and let me tell you how they do it. You could do it um, manually, and this applies to stores or businesses that have uh, products that have local presence. Google is really pushing into local presence. Uh, and you will see that if you're following our show, or if you continue to follow, you will see Google is really pushing the storefronts and physical spaces because Google thinks that's where the future is after the pandemic even though the pandemic is still here. But uh, so the way you can add your products to your business profile, Google business profile is number one, manually. Or you could use, Google has this new tool called Pointy. And this is the first time I'm hearing about it because this is something uh, I guess was released recently. And this is one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast is that I get to stay on top of things that I would have not otherwise uh, known about. So Pointy is this tool, it's a hardware that sits between your barcode st- scanner in your store and your cash register Uh yeah, and the point of sale system, which is cash register. It sits in between, it's free from Google, and it's you set it up, and it will automatically send your products to Google Merchant Center. Now, how cool is that, right? Uh, I love that. Uh, now, obviously, you have to uh, send your sh- stuff to Google, and just so that you know, if you are in a, a merchant, you definitely want to take advantage of that. Now, there are conditions. Uh, Google does not allow con- uh, products or content related to drug, uh, related to regulated products such as alcohol, tobacco products, gambling, financial services, pharmaceuticals, and unapproved, sub- unapproved supplements or health medical devices. So if you're in those spaces, do not use this. But if you're in other spaces, uh, use this, folks. Whether you have physical stores or whether you have physical products or e products, you should definitely use this because if Google is pushing something, giving you something new, use it. Remember people who used Google search ads 20 years ago, right? Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, if you hear about him, you know, he used Google search ads in the early days and he got leads for pennies. So why wouldn't you use something that Google is giving it for free, right? But if you do end up submit products uh, that violates Google uh, policy, you it may result in removing the entire product catalog, including products that are in violation. I am going to go ahead and put the link to the guidelines in the show notes. But everything you need to know, it's here, okay? Hope if you use this and hope you take advantage of this. Next up, uh, Google 
uh, has Google Shopping has four new features. Uh, the one that I really like is the conversion values uh, for store sales and store visits can be changed dynamically. Previously, it was one set of value for every visit, right? And that kind of posed a challenge. Say, for example, if you have a New York location and a, say, I don't know, Florida, New York location and a, say, Atlanta location, uh, you couldn't, and the co- the value to each visitor uh, or each purchaser in those two stores are different. So now you could set them dynamically. Uh, it's really valuable. That other thing uh, Google has is product-specific insights. Uh, they're available at the account level, and you help the advertiser spot underperforming offers, especially when you are using like performance max campaigns. The third is there is a thing called deal content API. It really affects people who have are sellers who have a lot of products. Uh, it's, it's intended to making uploading and managing deals e- easier at scale. Like I said, what this basically means, if you have one or two products, you can always like, you know, update them manually and you could like, you know, um, you know, just say, Hey, this product is on sale today or next week and things like that. But if you have like say, hundreds of products and big store, uh, always sending, you need something like a deal content API. Obviously you will see third party products coming out that will actually help you manage deals through the deal content API. So that's why it's big. You need to keep uh, an eye out for that. Lastly, shipping and return annotations. Uh, so what this basically means that merchants will now be able to list the expected delivery dates and free returns right on their ads. And also you can, uh, you know, easily add your return policies. All in all, because what Google is saying, look, people are worried about not just finding the right product at the right price, but they're also worried about when is it going to arrive if it's not local, as well as what are the return policies. Those are big things. So the main takeaway for you here is if you have a physical stores, obviously you can apply different conversion values for store sales and store visits who came, who left, what the conversion values are for each category, number one. Number two is uh, shipping and returns for online stuff is important. Make sure you take advantage of that. Next up, we have Google has published six SEO tips for e-commerce website. And I will tell you, this is like uh, Google's uh, straight up promoting Google Merchant Center, nothing else. All right. If you look at the six updates are like, you know, such as ensure products are indexed, check accuracy of product prices, search results, minimize price and availability lag, ensure products are eligible for rich product results, share local product inventory data, sign up for Google shopping tab. Um, sense that the first five are all about saying, you know, these are issues. Yes, it affects and you can actually really resolve these issues by Google Merchant Center. Now, my thing is, Yes, you should be using Google Merchant Center. If you are e-commerce, you're serious about it and you are actually serious about, uh, about your business. Um, regardless of what Google is saying, they are all good points. Uh, of what this says is like, you know, you can re- always, re- you can rely on structured product data, right? You could, you can bypass, uh, Google Merchant Center and use structured product data. Yes, you will surface, but if you really want to show up on the shopping tab or the you know other stuff, Google Merchant Center is actually, you know, the sixth one, sign up for Google Shopping tab, that's also available in Google Merchant Center. So I do not know why you would not use it. Just go ahead and use it. It makes my life easier. Okay, uh, the last update of this week is that Google shares insight on factors that determine whether context uh, content is indexed. 
This is coming out of our Google's podcast called Google, uh, let me think, I don't think, uh, Search of the Podcast or something like that. So Google basically has a podcast where it talks about, you know, Google engineers talk about, you know, search content, uh, like SEO, how Google search works, things like that. And an interesting topic came up is like, you know, crawl budget and what is indexed and how is it indexed? Crawl budget is basically what it comes out, turns out to be like crawl budget is basically a term that was created by people outside of Google saying here, you know, Google doesn't crawl everything. Uh, so Google pro- potentially has crawl budget, uh, and you know if you have too many pages, too many things, Google will not crawl. Well, chances are uh, that's not true. Not chances are that's true. Basically, uh, the engineers Gary and Martin basically made it clear that's not true. They, first of all, they have that what they crawl is basically for they they don't really particularly have crawl budget. I'm just trying to see how to say it. Uh, it's they're saying most sites do not have to worry about it because most sites do not have thousands of pages that is getting published every day, number one, or hundreds of pages. Number two is the crawl budget basically concept came out because Google would not crawl everything. Like, you know, it would not come to you. Maybe they would come to your site and they would not crawl everything only because maybe your web server did not hand, did not like the fact that Google bot was crawling, say, 500 pages in one go. Maybe because it's, uh, you know, it was running out of capacity or maybe your hosting provider didn't support that. Things like, for many reasons, that's something you would not even know and you would blame Google. That's what they're saying. And also what they're saying is, look, we as Google cannot crawl everything. We also have a limit on what we can crawl. So where it all comes down to is quality right and how frequently is it updated even if you've updated frequently it doesn't necessarily mean we'll crawl and index everything and this is where the indexing part comes in it all it comes down to is how helpful and useful is this content what is the quality of this content and what they're saying is that look we at google have a way to figure it out how good your information is based on what other people are talking about based on other people are you know pointing at and things like that. So what basically it comes down to, if you, if I want to dig deeper, is that it's all coming down to a graph, uh, graph search, right? They're basically pointing at each other. And this is how Facebook does it. You know, again, I'm going pure technical on it and I'm not very well versed on it, but basically he's just saying, here's, here's Sajid's side, right? Here's market and growth side. And they're pointing to someone else and the three other people are talking about market and growth. They're all interlinked and things like that. So this is probably a very helpful site, right? And a lot of people, visitors come here, stay here, interact with the site. Now you would say, how would Google know that? Trust me, folks, Google knows. If you're on Android, Google knows. If you're on Chrome, Google knows. If you have Google Analytics, Google knows. If you have Google Ads, Google knows. So Google knows. Google owns like 80% or 90% of the web. Don't be scared. Just be know that Google knows. The role for you here, again, is whether you're talking about helpful content or anything else here is that write good quality content, follow the it, which is expertise, authority, authoritiveness, and uh, I think trust, right? Those are the three factors, the it quality, right? That's what Google calls it. Um, and Google will basically reward you, Right. And anything else, trying to figure out shortcuts, things like that, it's not going to help. With that, folks, that's it for this week in marketing. Now you know everything to be in the know. This is your host, Islam, signing off. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.